Storm Bowling Products, the Bowlers Company, presents the Storm Collegiate Spotlight with Tim Berg and Kendall Miles. Above180.com's Tim Berg and Storm's web content manager and former collegiate bowler at Weber International University, Kendall Miles, are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now, here's Tim and Kendall. Joining us on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight podcast is Katie Thornton. Katie is a head bowling coach at Savannah College of Art and Design and a USBC bronze certified coach. Katie, a graduate of Weber International University, where she helped the Warriors to three collegiate national championships and was named the 2013 NAIA Collegiate Player of the Year. Katie, it's Tim Berg here. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you. I am happy to be with you today. Can you talk about how both teams were able to find success on the lanes last weekend? They they had a, a great uh, a week. Um, they started out, um, they won a match or two in the winner's bracket, and then um, they, they lost one of the matches, so they got sent to the loser's bracket. And um, I think that was just the, the little bit of fire that they needed to just come back with like um, just that like motivation of like this is what we're going to do this is what our goal is right now and they literally bowled so well on Saturday um, from the first match on so they had to go all the way through the losers bracket um, and then beat Midland twice actually because the, they were in the winners bracket so um, they did just that um, and they just they just kept going and going and going and they they have they shot 279 the last game in the final in the championship so um but they bowled great um they just made some really good shots down the stretch and um unfortunately well fortunately sorry uh fortunately they were able to to get the right ones to go down in certain places strings come together and come out on top so super proud of them um they were excellent so you were hired back in 2015 to start this program for both the men and women side of things. How have uh, how have you grown as a coach from when you first started? And and walk us through that process and some of the few things that have been maybe the most eye opening for you. Yeah, um, I mean it's definitely been a process and a learning experience for me. Um, I was pretty young when I started out and. Um, and got hired to, to start a new program. And, um, I was lucky enough to have a little bit of experience from being at Weber and being a part of the inaugural team there. So I had a little bit of experience and, uh, know how of getting a program started, what, what to kind of do and to look for. Um, but I think that like growth as a coach, I think every, every year I learned something and, I take feedback from the players to figure out what we can do better as a program, like moving forward. Um, and, you know, I certainly have expectations for them and want them to grow. And I think I should have the same expectations of myself to, to have growth as a coach as well. So, um, you know, it may be in different areas in terms of, um, specific to like knowledge base, physical game, things like that, but also just, in general, in terms of relationships with them um, and, you know, how to communicate better with them or how to communicate better with certain personalities versus others. 
Um, I, I keep trying to get better at those certain things because I think it's very essential from a coaching aspect, not just, okay, this is ball motion, this is that. Obviously, um, there's a lot to that as well, but I think the cultural point and the relationships and and that is an important factor. And they definitely challenge me to be better at it all the time, and, and I try to step up to that challenge. And I've, I've learned more from them than they have from me probably. Katie, your team is made up of student athletes from all over the world. Can you talk about how you're able to recruit worldwide and then even how recruiting has changed for you and the team since the COVID pandemic took place and how you guys are handling things now moving forward? Yeah, so, I mean, uh, we do have a, like, very diverse um, roster. We, we have a lot of players from different countries. Um, and that kind of just started with, I, you know, I was – pretty familiar with the international like student like process and what they have to do. Um, and I honestly had a lot of relationships with some of my former teammates at Weber and, and um, some of those um, people that I got to bowl with. And I actually, um, a lot of the players came from the fact that I had those relationships and I reached out to them and I would ask them, Hey, do you, do you know of any younger bowlers that, from your country that are pretty good and um that's actually how i got a few of them and then once we started to get a couple of them it was kind of the players are recruiting other players um that they bowl with in their countries to come um so that's kind of how we ended up with a a pretty diverse like roster um but certainly with covid the recruiting has changed a little bit um definitely a little more difficult getting people to come for like campus visits and um, things of that sort, which is definitely, I think a highlight like for our program. Um, So that's been a little difficult um, and being able to have people to come see like what our program is like and uh, come to campus and things like that. But uh, definitely has switched over to to more zoom meetings and uh, more phone calls than the in-person types of conversations. But um, it's definitely slowly making its way back to that. But um, we've definitely done a lot of, like, recruiting, though, even before COVID through, like, social media. Um, I think it's a really important factor for recruiting um, to have social media presence. Uh, I think that's where a lot of youth bowlers find college programs that they're interested in. Um, so we do a lot from from the social media aspect. But I mean, if if there's somebody interested, I always encourage them to to reach out. Even just on social media is a is a great way. But being able to get information about themselves to coaches and videos and things like that, um, that's just the place to start. Um, and I think it's important that they kind of at least have an idea of what they want to do academically, so that way they can see if the the school would be a good fit or not. Um, so that's kind of my uh, my two cents, and to just just get your name out there, get your videos out there. In terms of just, it doesn't even have to be anything like special either. I always I always tell recruits I could just use a video from your iPhone. That's great. Like that's it's pretty high quality nowadays, anyways. So yeah. And how do you walk the line as a coach and coming from the the Weber International program? Just not copying everything Weber does, the Weber way of, of how they uh, handle their program versus starting your own program and having, you know, having the 
your way, having the SCAD way of how you guys do things and, and your traditions and your philosophies. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, so, I mean, I'm, the SCAD is a very creative uh, school. We focus on art and design and creative types of careers. Um, there's all sorts of different opportunities, but um, with that comes a definitely a different personality than what you would find at some other universities. Um, and it's a little bit different schedule in terms of uh, a lot of my students are doing project-based work, not necessarily like tests and things like that. So, um, you know, you, you find them going to do projects and um, having like to work together in these groups and things like that and versus studying to go take a test. Um, so it's a, a lot different. And sometimes those projects are a lot more time consuming than other types of like subjects. Um, so, you know, it's there. We do have some commonalities and some like core commonalities to what uh, we had at Weber. Um, but there's definitely some very big differences in terms of just with the way that like we operate in terms of we have completely different personalities. We have completely different schedule. Um, you know, the, like I said, the projects are, the, are completely different and, um, and things like that. So there's a lot of differences. And then also like we, we don't have Kaggle. Um, we have the bowling center, but we utilize that bowling center completely different and we use tools differently than what they would use there. Um, so, um, it's a lot different from that aspect and we definitely have a little bit different of a culture in that sense because, um, we have a much, we have a very small roster, um, compared to like some programs. We only have about 20, 24, um, people on the roster. So, it's a little bit more like tight knit type of um, deal as well. Um, so yeah, it's it has a uniqueness to it, just like everybody that's on the team is pretty unique in it in itself. And your season isn't uh, isn't finished yet. You you won your team. You know you guys no. won the <laughs> NAIA champs. Now you had next month. You'll be bowling for the 2022 National ITC Championships that taking place yeah. in uh, in Addison, Illinois. Uh, you're one of the top 16s Correct. competing there. So how are you guys? Um, how are or do you prepare any different for a tournament like that where it's it's uh, the best of the best uh, collegiately are going to be there? Yeah, I mean. Um you know, you don't necessarily want to look at it essentially, okay, well, my competitors change, so we have to change is, well, you know, we have to do what we do best and focus on what we're able to control versus we don't get to, the, to control what the other teams do and how they bowl. Ultimately, we try to put our best foot forward and, and essentially we take, you know, I mean, leading up to NAIA, there was still certain things that we knew that we need to be needed to be better at. And we worked on those things leading up to that. And it's going to be a very similar process here over the next few weeks for us is, okay, these are all the things that we did really well. And if there's something that's going to make us vulnerable uh, at all at ITC, these, this is that thing or these things, and this is what we're going to work on leading up to that point and to give us the best possible chance to, to win there as well. So, it's kind of going to be a pretty similar process um, to leading up to the NAI championships. 
And um, if you talking to that high school bowler who's looking to bowl collegiately, what's one piece of advice you have for them? High school programs, in my opinion, have really picked up their game with um, with the different high school bowling that we have across the country in different states, but also all the different high school tournaments that that are out there now, the different tournament clubs people can bowl. But what's one thing that a, a high school bowler, if they're looking to bowl for for you guys, they should keep in mind or they should be working on? Yeah, I mean, I think there's, like, especially since since I was in college, there's a lot of, like, very, um, like, quality coaches uh, available and um, and more accessible than ever before. So I definitely suggest that um, you have a good balance between getting good, high-quality instruction from a coach but also competing in competitive tournaments. Um, I think sometimes there – if you have a balance actually between those two things, I think that gives you the best opportunity to be at the highest level and to really have coaches and colleges be able to see you. So just having that balance between not bowling competitions all the time and having that high quality like coaching as well. And kind of, so you have the experience, but then you have the, the instruction on the flip side. I think sometimes I can, I see, bowlers kind of do one or the other and i think when you get the the right combination that's the best possibility for you all right katie final question i have for you you guys have just finished up your shadow balls everyone's ready to go they they say you know practice is done all the lanes have been cycled back to their original set uh you know pin setters to their first ball what's your final message to both teams or do you have one or is that it does a, a, a one of the teammates address the team yeah um you know, honestly, it's kind of funny that our our team kind of goes with different things in the time being. But um, one of the things that's kind of stuck is we've always talked about, like, um, staying in the present and things like that. But um, we'll always have a short conversation on what we see, like, lane play-wise and things of that. And, and we joke around that, okay, we're going to stay present, we're going to do these things, and we're just going to follow the rules. And it's been this, like, joke uh, it's, it's something to relax us, but at the same time, it's like this really short reminder of, okay, this is where we're going to use as a down lane spot, and that's what we're going with, so let's just follow the rules here. And it's kind of been a joke with us, but it's been one of those things. It's like that's the reminder of what we go with, and it's something short, simple, but it gets to all the points. <laughs> all right, Katie Thornton, head coach there at SCAD want to thank you for joining us on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight Podcast. All the best of Absolutely. luck as you guys have have that uh, that thank big you. tournament coming up next month, and we will be catching up I with you again really down the road. It. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me, Tim. I really appreciate it.